Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on this show is Jack from Jack Miller Fitness out of the UK. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. So, Jack, you know, we're really, really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run your gym, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start this gym in the first place. Sure. So the way I like to describe my business is definitely more of like a friendly environment. So um, a lot of people are struggling with a lot of, you know, intimidation and, and you know, anxiety at gyms and stuff like that, which is something that I definitely don't want to have with any of my my members that come to me. So that's probably the first thing. And I guess that's definitely what attracted a lot of my members is the fact that we've got a nice, friendly kind of family environment. Uh, so that's how I like to to describe it the most. Um, and how I how I got into the the fitness industry is is basically I've always been into into fitness into sport through my life so it was only natural that I wanted to come into into something and work work like that so once once I started college I did my level two fitness instructing so that was actually just a kind of an extra class that they gave me to uh to just add to everything else that I was doing and it turned out that I actually really enjoyed it mm-hmm. so uh I just pursued that a little bit more and here we are yeah here we are on the pocket <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of wanted to backtrack to something um that you mm. said earlier and it was basically like you said you would describe your place as some a place that's not intimidating mm. like a yeah. safe space why yeah. is that something that because that's literally the first thing that came out of your mouth why is yeah. that something that is important to you I mean I feel there's there's a lot of people who want to change their life they want to change and and get fitter and and you know just feel a lot more confident but there's certain gyms especially around our area that are just they're they're great gyms they've got everything you need but the just the atmosphere of the whole place is just quite intimidating so I find it quite upsetting that people want to make that change but just aren't able to so I like to provide that that space for them yeah I mean is there anything specifically that you feel like you're doing on your end to provide this type of safe space for your members um I mean I'd like to say it was it's kind of my my kind of energy my my personality I guess um I like to make a lot of jokes make a lot of uh, people laugh in my in my classes so it's not just kind of like heavy heavy exercise all the time I like to, yeah, I like to get people talking quite a lot. So I like to yeah. bring a, a social aspect to the gym as well, which I think is very important. Gotcha. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the services that you offer your members. Um, so we've got the, uh, I'll start from from like kind of the most valuable, the, the, the top one is the one-to-one. So obviously you just get me, that's where you get the most focus and I can help you achieve all of your goals. Uh, then you've got kind of like a step down from that. You've got a, uh, the small group personal training, which is basically the same sort of focus as as a one-to-one, same sort of uh, concept and everything like that, but it's just split between uh, three people. Yeah. 
so I can still focus on each of you a lot a lot easier um, but it's not as big as kind of class bases now that's that's the uh, the next step down which is more of like a full class um, which is still obviously focused especially with my studio that it's not the biggest of studios so uh, as as I said there's there's up to like 12 people in my studio so even when there's 12 people, it's still quite easy to see and make sure that everyone is doing the correct thing. You know, if you've got like 20, 30 people in, in one class, it's quite hard to go around and make sure everyone's doing it right. Um, but yeah, that's that's my, my uh, the, the next step is the classes. Gotcha. So we're transitioning from like a one-to-one, -one, like just kind of me and you in a session mm. for maybe 50 minutes to an hour to more yeah. of that like small, did you say like a max of three people? that's right yeah okay so why are you why are you deciding to transition from more so of a one-to-one -one model to like a semi-private pt small group um so i feel i feel like everyone is what well, for, for for from the customer's point of view it's a lot cheaper so especially in this day and age at the moment um the it's it's a lot more fun financially beneficial for them them but they also get that that focus and that that um the benefit of of me helping them towards their their goals um so you know not many people can afford the one-to-ones and then from from like a business point of view obviously you're you're making more money for the the hour for the for the for the time that you're training because obviously three people are paying even though they're paying less you're still making more gotcha okay so let's talk a little bit about marketing Okay. So let's say I was to move to Hove UK like mm. a month from now. And I'm that type of person that feels like kind of intimidated about stepping into a gym, regardless yeah. of how bad I need it. Like need the gym mm. really, really bad. How yeah. are you getting in touch with these people that need your services? Um, I mean, so I've done the whole uh I've I've done the whole kind of going out, leafleting, trying to talk to different people, talk to different businesses and stuff like that. Um I've done certain kind of campaigns on Facebook and Instagram but really what I've what I've found the most actually is like direct marketing so either it will be kind of connections from certain people so word of mouth is obviously a massive a really big one so just trying to entice my already existing clients to bring me their friends family and stuff like that um, but what I do is on Instagram what I do is if I follow certain people and they follow me back that's kind of a slight hint for me that they're kind of interested already so then i use that time to then go and message them uh and then talk to them so sometimes i get no reply sometimes it's just a follow for a follow back and stuff like that but a lot of the time actually they do message back and they and a lot of people are saying you know that's great i'm actually looking for a gym right now and that's that's how we how we kind of start their journey and then I invite them in for a free trial and just kind of build up a relationship with them and see what they're looking for. Okay. Okay. I got you. So what does that process look like for you from messaging somebody? This is like a, is this a cold message or are you like responding from like a comment or something like that? Um, so I, I do a bit of both really. So some, obviously I, I, I chuck out stories and stuff like that that may ask certain questions, um, what they're looking for and stuff like that. So if they've answered these questions, then I'll, I will then follow on from that. Whereas if it is literally just me followed someone and they followed me back, it will just be kind of, uh, introduce, introduce myself, explain what I do, 
explain some of the offers that I might have on at the time and just ask if they're interested. Gotcha. Okay. Pretty simple. Huh? Yeah. Pretty, okay. yeah, it's pretty, pretty simple, but actually very effective. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> out of what you, what we've talked about so far in terms of lead generation. So we have the leaflets, which are flyers, mm. right? In That's right. Yeah. Terms. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. And then what did, did you mean? Like, what did you mean by direct marketing? Uh, direct marketing. I, I mean, like messaging people directly. Sorry. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So direct marketing, DMs, word of mouth. Which one yeah. would you say has been the most effective for you guys and why? Um, I mean, definitely the Instagram, the direct marketing, messaging people. Um, I've just, I just try and spend a, a bit of time every single day doing that. And like I said, some people, people just ignore me, um, which is, which is absolutely fine. Maybe they're not ready for, for what I'm offering just yet. Yeah. But a lot of the time do, people do get back to me and they're, you know, that's the reason why they followed my Instagram because they're looking to either get help into what they're looking to achieve or they're looking to start, start something new. Yeah. Um, so that is definitely the most effective one that I've, I've actually personally had. Got it. Okay. So have you guys looked into any other type of marketing, like paid advertisement on Facebook and Instagram? Um, I've done that. Uh, I've done it before when we first started the business. Um, and I don't think I did it. I did it. I didn't do it correctly. Uh, cause someone about two hours away from where I was, where I was trying to advertise messaged me and just, and said, Hey, just so you know, you've you've got your ads up where I am and obviously mm -hmm. that's way too far away so I was yeah. so I don't think I did it very well um it is something that I want to look into but as quite a small business we've been trying to budget our our money as much as we can um so we haven't got like an unlimited amount of money that we can just chuck into advertising yeah. uh, into advertising unfortunately yeah. but hopefully in the future we will do yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Mm. Um, I mean, that's something I'm definitely glad that you're you're open to looking into in the future. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about, okay, I messaged you on, well, you messaged me on Instagram. I'm like, okay, I want to come into the free console. How does that yeah. turn into a sale? Um, so I offer a 14 day free trial first. So they get 14 days to do as many classes as they like. Um, and then at the end of that, obviously through the 14 days, I'll keep in contact and I'll, I'll see how, how many, they, how many classes they're booking. Obviously I'll try and entice them to book as many as they, as they can. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just keep track of them and just make sure that they're enjoying it. If they've got any problems or anything like that. And then at the 14, at the end of the 14 days, I'll then, uh, talk to them and see how, how it went. And if they, if they'd like to sign up. Okay. So for the people who are going through that 14 day free trial, are there any, like, what are the positive signs that somebody is going to sign up for a membership? Um, I would definitely say the, the, the amount of times that they book and come to the classes. Now, if, if someone comes like three or four times a week in those, in those two weeks, now they're quite a, I would say they're quite a high um, likelihood that they're going to sign up because they've already kind of got into that good routine of, of regular classes. And that, that means that they can also make the classes that I'm offering as well. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the, the other, other way is if, if someone only kind of books in one or two classes for the whole two weeks, it means that they, you know, may not be able to make the classes or they're just not ready to kind of push themselves into that, that kind of amount of exercise just yet. 
Okay. So let's talk about the people that are very, uh, I guess, reluctant or hesitant to sign up for more. Like, how do you deal with those people that only sign up for like one to two classes over the course of that, that two week trial that you're offering? Yeah. So, I mean, first I would, I would ask them if, you know, if they can make any classes, I'll try and entice them to get more classes booked in. Usually then they'll give me the reason why. Um, now it does depend on what, what the reasoning is. If it is down to like, say work schedule and they just can't make certain classes and stuff like that. Unfortunately, like that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, if it's like lack of motivation and stuff like that, then, um, usually I might kind of give them like a free one-to-one session and we can kind of go through a little bit more focus with Mm -hmm. me and them. Mm-hmm. um and just kind of give them a bit of a boost sometimes they need that kind of little bit of focus yeah um but then other than that I mean I just try and get their feedback and just try and you know react to what they what the problem is basically yeah so let's talk a little bit about the future yeah we're coming up on a new year in like what less than 48 hours right yeah so well let me ask, let me backtrack a little bit like what is your role in your business now? What does your day-to-day look like? Uh, so my day-to-day is, so we've got obviously a set timetable of when people can book in and stuff like that. So I will, uh, I, I work most of the hours. I've got two other trainers who help me out and they do uh, classes in the evening for me. So usually I work from, from kind of half six, seven-ish until around five-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, usually that's like a couple of classes in the morning some small group training and then one-to-one through the day and then they'll take over and then they'll do the the evening classes gotcha. so yeah that's that's usually what my day looks like through through the week yeah mm. so when we're thinking about the future like how do you want your role in your business to change uh I mean I would definitely like to work a little bit less hours I mean I love what I do but it does take its toll sometimes, especially, I mean, I've been doing this for nearly 10 years now. So it's, uh, it's been a long, a long time. I mean, I work six days a week as well. So, I mean, I would definitely like to have two days off in a week. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to, to drop down a few hours and I feel like I, I could also make the business better and make, you know, maybe, well, make everything better just because I'll have a bit more time to focus and sort things out. Yeah, absolutely, man. Mm. So let's say hypothetical situation. And this doesn't even have to be a hypothetical. When you're able to cut down the amount of time that you spend training at the gym and, you know, get some more of that time back. Yeah. How are you going to spend it? And in what ways do you want your gym to grow in 2023? So, I mean, I'll definitely spend it more on the the kind of, so I deal with quite a lot of the admin side of, of, of things as well. So everyone booking in, everyone um you know all people's memberships all the website stuff that I I I do that um and also all kind of client issues or or questions or anything also go through me as well so everyone will get get hold of me so that'll be the main task is just sorting that out having more time to be able to to do that and actually sit down and not have to do it in between clients you know as and when I can sort of thing um so yes yeah, so that's that would be my my main my main thing and also get back in the gym myself I need to uh I need to I need to get back into more of a regular I'm I'm kind of quite on and off at the moment because I've 
got a lot of things going on with the business so yeah. obviously the business takes priority but I would like to yeah get myself back in the gym a bit more absolutely okay and then as far as like your growth over the next 12 months goes because mm. I know we were talking earlier um that you got like you want to move into a bigger space like kind of yeah. paint that, that vision for our mm. listeners so for the next uh me and my business partner have got uh, basically a, a kind of a semi sh short term goal where in the next four to six months, we want to just push the business as much as we can. So trying to get as many clients in as possible, um, just just build up all of our classes, all of our one to ones and small groups and, and things like that, and just see like a healthy growth in our bank account. Mm -hmm. Now, if we can do that, then we're hoping in in four to six months, we can then look look for a bigger space. We just want to see that growth in the business to, to show that it is going to be worth moving on to a bigger space or we extend and stay in our current place for another year. Yeah. Um, so that's basically what we, we, we're trying to do. That's going to be our main push at the moment is just get as many, many people into the studio as possible and build up. All righty, Jack. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But okay. before we sign out, Please tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, so I'm in um, Hove, UK. I'm on Third Avenue. It's a it's it's part of a, a hotel, but it's on a really good uh, central part of Hove. Okay, and social medias. Uh, so any I've got Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm not actually on. Uh, tiktok or anything like that yet but that is going to be something that i'm going to be looking into okay. and like we said when i get a bit more time uh that'll be stuff that i'll be i'll be doing as well um any uh all of the platforms it's all jack miller fitness studio you should be able to find me under that all righty well thank you so much my friend we really appreciate your time and contributions to the podcast and we're really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road so to everybody who tuned in today we appreciate you as well don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Yamalas out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Nick Lyson of Snap Fitness, coming to you from Edina, Minnesota. Nick, what's going on, man? How are you today? Not much. Pretty good. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to have you. I genuinely enjoy exploring franchise models like this, and especially Snap, because Snap has quite a bit of artistic license and freedom for owners and how they operate their business. So I'm sure that there's plenty for us to dig into here. 
before we get into that business conversation, Nick, before we go down the rabbit hole of what you do day to day as an owner, take us back a little bit. I want to explore kind of the origin and, and how we got here in the first place. Take me back to the day that the idea popped into your head. I want to open up my own gym. I want to be a fitness business owner. What was going on for you and what inspired all of this? Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I've always kind of been in this fit, the fitness space as far as working out and active through sports and stuff like that. You know, it's your typical, you're in high school, all your friends are in the gym, we're all in sports. It's kind of all you do. And you see, so you kind of grow up with it and mm-hmm. kind of fall in love with it. And um, I did a little bit of track in college. So it kind of expanded into that where you're around that type of, you know, regimen all day every day and it kind of consumes your life so it was kind of always in my head I always knew that I wanted to be my own boss whatever that looked like I didn't really know for sure but doing the gym thing was always on the horizon and something I knew I wanted to try at some point I just didn't know when it was going to happen um so essentially it's kind of the cliche uh cliche story that you always hear where you know, you just got to go for it. And if you always wait for the right time, it's, there's never going to be a good time to do it. You just got to, there is rarely an opportune moment to get into the fitness industry. Right. Right. So it's, it's kind of the cliche thing to say, like I said, but literally that's what happened. You know, I was, I was selling vehicles for about four years, uh, down where I'm from. And, um, I was about 25, 26. And I was like, you know what, like, I know I'm not going to do this forever. And, um, I lived about two hours from where the gym is located now. And I knew I wanted to be by the cities up in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, just because there's more exposure, you know, there's more people. It's just, you have a better opportunity to grow. I feel like, um, and so I kind of started looking in that area and made the move up here and I settled on Edina just because it's dense. It's, it's probably 10 to 15 minutes outside of the cities. So you're still okay, close more suburb. Yeah. yeah. So you're, so you're still close enough to where you can, you're within 10 minutes of everything, but it's not nuts all the time. Like if you live downtown or something yeah. like that. And so what spoke to you specifically about Snap, Nick? Why why the Snap franchise? Why not another franchise <laughs> right. option or or even why not go at your own branding? Why Snap? Right. I mean, to be honest, I did look at some other gym franchises as well. Um, Snap, I was just familiar with because I had worked out at them before I owned them. So I kind of I like the smaller footprint, 24-7, yeah. more of like the big box gym. That's just a personal preference. That's what I've always migrated yeah. to. Um, so once I knew what was available and I kind of did some research on the area and I knew it was a good location, um, I just kind of went for it. And I didn't have any business experience. I mean, I, I took some this business is literally went for it we just <laughs> yeah said, screw it I'm gonna try it yeah I mean happens. I had some business classes in college and stuff but there was never I've always been under the thing where I feel like experiencing it and doing it yourself is the best learner yeah. that's just what 
hopefully we know more today than we did back then right right i've always learned the best by just doing it so when um, was it that you officially got in it was january 2nd of 2018 approaching approaching half a decade here look yep. back on that time nick because you mentioned learned more by doing and seeing than mm-hmm. studying Right. What's been what's been the best part about being a business owner for you, and what's been the toughest part about being a business owner? Um, I would say the best part is there's so many relationships that I have formed that you like you can't even count them all. Like they kind of say, you know, you have a guy or a girl for everything. Like I literally like if I need something in my if I just like if I need paint someone to paint something or if I need an electrical person, like I feel like I can just go on my phone and I just have so many contacts now. Or like if I hear someone else saying like, Hey, I need a lawn care person. Like I know everyone just from the gym that like does something like that or knows something that does something like that, that you just, it's just crazy. Like to look back and think of how many people I've met that if I just didn't do this, I would never know. So that's kind of a cool aspect for me is like the relationships you build. So that's been really, really cool to do that and just make so many new friends and good people. Um, I guess the other good thing is just like being your own boss, I think is awesome. It's a highly underrated part of this. It's a highly underrated part. Um, You know, people always ask me like, is it stressful like having a business? (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> and i'm like it is but it, like it's a different stress than like a nine to five yeah but like you, I choose, you gotta choose what kind of hard you want right 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 it's definitely you know i think some people sometimes think you go home and it's a business owner and it stops or you know it's like you're always thinking about it there's always yeah. like you know what, what do i gotta do tomorrow did i make the right decision today what can i do better so um that's been some of this the good stuff and just seeing like the the gym grow and the community grow and like I have pictures back from when I bought the gym saved on my computer and it's cool to look you know because life goes so fast we're always like what's oh, the next yeah. thing and I bet you cool remember to, that that day one quite vividly yeah. so it, it's cool to look back at those pictures and actually see how far the gyms expanded and changed over the years because you you get lost in it you know it's like all right December's done now we got January like, what are we doing in January? Like, it's so easy in this, in the world today to just keep going in business. It's like, all right, what's the next thing? Like, all right, it's, it's better now. What do I got to do next? So it's, I, I always try to like take a little time and look back and be like, wow, like a lot has changed in five years and it's kind of crazy to see where it's at. Yeah. Um, Hopefully we can do a little of that here on this interview at least. Right. And so unfortunately uh, our industry is not all great things right there right. we take our bumps and our bruises so flip that over what's been the what's been the hard part for you right um i mean the easy answer is covid i think that could be anyone's easy answer sure years. um you know that was tough i was closed i believe it was five months total in 20 um so that was obviously tough, you know, and it's something that no one experienced or no one has been through. So it's not like you had a playbook to look at and be like, oh, yeah, this is what I need to do. Um, but it, it was so that was hard. You know, um, I would say the other the hardest thing for me is like being patient. 
Um, I feel like a lot of business owners, they either get into the business or they buy the business and they want it to be done in six months. Like they have this, this big plan and they're like, all right, this is what I want to accomplish in six months or this needs to be done in six months. And a lot of the time it's just not possible. And you got to have like being patient, I feel like is so key. Um, so that's been like the biggest thing, like patience has been hard. Cause it's like, you know, it took five years to really get the gym where I wanted it, where what I wanted in six months. Sure. Like that would have been sweet. Yeah. It's not realistic. Yeah. So you got to go with small steps like that. So, so that's been hard. Um, what else has been challenging? Um, I would say when you take over a business, you know, you don't really know what you're walking into, especially mm -hmm. if you have business experience. Um, you know, you might think the money's going to look like this and it turns out to be this, or you think you're going to have this many memberships and it turns out to be this. So you do your yearly forecast and you're like, oh yeah, we can do that. For sure. Um, so that was pretty difficult. The first two years, just wrapping my head around like, oh, this is like, I knew it was going to be a grind, but it's like, oh, this is really, it's work. It's real. It's really like, it's, it's going to, you have to be patient and it's yeah. going to take, you know, you just got to grind it along. And there's going to be a lot of days where you're like, what am I doing? Like, why, like, is it worth it? Like, what am I doing? But you just got to speak into the choir, Nick. People yeah. listening to this know exactly what it is that you're talking about. Uh, yeah. And, and you're spot on with that analysis. Yeah. Uh, and so let's explore that a little bit because it, I mean, you're still here. Yeah. Something, something must have gone right. 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 At time. <laughs> yep. From a, a growth standpoint or how we've simply found new members over the years, what's gone well for you and, and what hasn't gone so well for you? Right. Um, this is also going to sound, sound cliche, but one of the biggest things that's helped with me was when I got the gym and needed a culture change, like it wasn't a hole in the wall gym, but it needed some love. It needed changes. It needed, yeah. you know, members needed to know that someone was going to be here and it was, it was going to be clean. Like if a treadmill breaks down, it's not going to take four weeks to get it fixed. You know, like if there's no toilet paper, it's not going to go three days. Like that was some of the stuff. It's just little things like that that was happening. So I knew it was going to take a while to flip, you know, make people believe, because, you know, I'm just, I'm some 25 year old kid coming in. They're probably like, like, what is it going to be the same? Like, what is, you know what I mean? Right. So you have to like earn, earn people's trust. And the biggest that's thing. A slow to do, burn too. That's a slow burn too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the biggest thing that helped that worked well is just keeping the club clean and making sure stuff works and being available being at the being present like yeah. build those you know i talked about relationships like if you're here every day like i'm here every day try to be monday through friday at least yeah. um and as an owner i think that's important because people if they see that the owner cares and they see that oh this dude's like mopping the floor or he's he's here at 6 a.m vacuuming like if people see that, they're going to be like, oh, wow, like he cares, like they're going to trust you more, you know, um, 
that's really a lot of the battle i feel like is being if if you show your people that you're present like if they call you they know you're going to answer like that's huge like there's so many people that call me and this is not to put other gyms down this is just what happens um like they'll call me and be like oh i can't believe you answered I've called you know, what a low standard for our industry to just to answer your phone. Um, they're yeah. like, Oh yeah. Like you're the fourth gym I've called. Like I was just trying to get a membership. So it's just like, happy to like, do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just to like do stuff with like that and just be available and like show people that you care and like, it's a passion. Um, yeah. That's helped really. That's been huge for me. You bring um, up a, a really important point that, that I think I simply overlooked in the question. Uh, and anytime we talk about marketing or advertising or any kind of acquisition strategy, we first need to have a product that's worth marketing in the first place. When you took over, it sounds like priority one was simply to give it a little TLC and, and clean the place and organize things and right. make it a gym that people want to go to. Over the yeah. years, Nick, have you guys have you guys put any kind of money into advertising or has this been fully organic so far? No. So I, I have done some marketing. Um, a big marketing proponent I use is Google. Okay. So um, and I did I didn't do this right away, but after about a year in where I, I made some changes to the gym and kind of built some trust, I started pushing Google reviews really hard. Cause I, you know, every I was just talking to a guy about this this morning, actually. And, you know, everyone, what does everyone do on their phone? Today? They Google a restaurant, they look at the reviews. Yep. Or they go on Amazon. Gyms near me. Yeah. How many stars does it have? So when I took over the gym, there was only like three Google reviews. And I was like, well, that's not going to work. So I started pushing it really hard. And I think I ha- I don't know how many I have now. I think there's over 100 maybe. Um but so many people will come in because I always ask people like, how'd you hear about me? Or where did you see me from? Just so I kind of know where to put the marketing line. Yep. And I would say two out of three people always say, Oh, I saw you had good Google reviews. So I wanted to come check. Yeah. The or, digital side of things really is yeah, it's crazy. in our industry now. It's absolutely crazy. So if that's one thing that people get from this is like, take care of your Google business page, like make sure it's set up, make sure you have like updated pictures, make sure your info is right on there. Like if someone messages you respond to it, because like you can go on your Google analytics and it's crazy how many, like how much reach you get every month just by people Googling whatever field you're in. It's crazy. And and I want to highlight something that you said that I think was somewhat subtle there, but it's, from an action standpoint, from things, daily tasks or weekly tasks, it's not a tremendously in-depth process. These are somewhat simplistic things that we can do just to make sure that this continues functioning the way it wants it to be. We can get as advanced with it, obviously, like you said, you can get into the analytics, we can target through ads, we can do all of these higher level tactics, but for the gym owner just looking to get some bodies through the door, we better be checking off those basics. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like, don't try to do too much right away. Like just yeah. <laughs> take care of the essentials. Um, Cause that's the other thing too, is like word of mouth is huge for me. Okay. So like, 
with the gym being the way it is now, and if people love your gym, they're going to go tell their friend at breakfast or they're going to mm-hmm. be like, Hey, mm-hmm. like Nick's a good dude. Like come, come chat with him and check out the gym. Yep. So like, I mean, that's a big thing. And that's too. the ultimate measure of accountability too, because and that's free. can go I mean, in the negative direction right. too. <laughs> that could be, that's, that's true. That's it's, true. Uh, we need to, we need to keep, showing up with quality as a business day in and day yeah. out. What about social media, Nick? Is this uh is this something that that either Snap or you individually encourages? Right. So like yeah, like there's a Facebook page for the gym. Um I don't en- I don't engage in the Facebook side of things as much as I probably should. I'm like I I always have pushed Google more. Um but yeah like instagram i'll do some posts and there's like scheduled like facebook posts that go up to the members that they can see um so like i'll post events on there and stuff like that um but that's actually one thing in 23 that um me and my marketing guy were talking about is i want to get more it's all about consistency with social media you know like you can post you can post three times a month and it's not going to do anything like you need to be consistent and people need to expect when they're going to see your content. So they know. Um, so that's one thing I'm really going to try to focus on doing better of in 23. Um, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. I think, it's a, I think it's a great and, and targets. Yeah. Right. In, in somewhat in tandem with the Google idea that you talked about, right. If we're active on social media, a lot of the time people are Googling gyms near me or, similarly on facebook on instagram gyms near me or searching by radius or whatever it happens to be yeah all of these valid lead gen tools take me to the next step nick i want to i don't want to spend our whole time talking about marketing so when we get a lead somebody interested in in using the gym in whatever capacity walk me through what a typical sales process looks like who are they talking to what's that conversation about what do they sign up for at the end of it right so essentially what happens is if it's not a cold lead, if it's someone that actually goes to the website, puts their info in, essentially how it works is I get an email, says, hey, you have a new lead. And then what I always do is there'll be an email that gets sent out to them. And I have these emails that are preloaded, so it'll send them one right away. And then it'll send, you know, I think it's like three, five, 10 days out or something through, you know, their customer. So drip campaign. Yep. And then I always, now this is if you have, I have a good system down, so it's easy for me to do, but I always send everyone a text just because I've, I guess I've done some research on it, but for me personally, I get way more responses if I text someone than if I call them. Hmm. So for me, is that manual or is that automated as well? I manually do it. Okay. So this Which, is coming from a human. A lot of the time we see these, these nurture automated bots and, yeah. and did it work at one point in time? Sure. I think people have caught on and it's, it's right. Well so ignored, so what well I do, and I, and I try not to, I try not to do it right away. Cause if you send, if they send a lead in and 30 seconds later, they get a text, they're probably going to think it's automated. Right. So what I do is I try to wait 15 to 20 minutes, depending on, you know, if I have time and then, I'll just text them from my cell phone. Easy. Um, and then if they don't respond by the text, um, I might wait a day and I'll get, I'll actually give them a call the next day. Just say, Hey, I just want to make sure you got the email, got the text where I was just following up with you. Um, and I mean, I will preface this by saying it helps when you're the owner too. 
Like if you're a club manager or something, or just a staff and you text someone and you don't have the owner title, it's easier to throw the owner title around because they're like, oh, the owner's reaching out to me. You know, you know what I mean? In any business, it's a little easier to throw that card down. Yeah. Um, but that's been really good with me is texting. I get a lot of response to texting. I feel like people are very, I know it's, it's strange. Like you can call someone, no answer. And then 15 minutes later, text them and they'll text you right away. So I don't, I don't know if it's just the age, it's probably the age we're in, the way stuff is moving. It's probably easier for people with their lives. I'm sure they're busy. Um, but that's kind of the process there is, you know, I always do the follow up myself, make sure they hear from me and it's been successful for me. Sure. Now with snap and the model that it is, a lot of the membership will end up investing in something else, group training, PT supplements, merch, whatever it happens to be. Is that a conversation that you host in this sort of initial outreach or is that handled later on? Great. Good question. Um, I, the only time I talk about the extra stuff beyond a membership before I see them is if they directly ask me about it. So what I like to do is I don't even, I mean, I don't like to talk about pricing over a text either until I can see them because okay. for obvious reasons, they're going to be like, Oh, you're this amount. Let me call the gym down the street. Yeah. You're this amount. Like I like to yep. get them in first to try to build that value. Okay. So everything funnels in person and then. Right. I mean, they can sign up on the website. There'll be some people I'll just sign up. I mean, those are the easy ones where they just sign up and you don't have to. Right. I try to set up an appointment. So I, I want to make sure the gym has what they're looking for before I start talking about pricing. Cause if they come in yeah. here and maybe they're not familiar with snaps and they're looking for a tanning bed, like I'm not going to have a tanning bed. So I want, or they're looking for maybe a very specific piece of equipment that I may not have, you know, you know, I don't want them to be, try to talk about this price and build it up and then they get there and they're like, Oh, you don't have this, this, and this that I was looking for. So I like to try to get them in here first and take them on the tour, show them everything I got, show them, you know, talk about how much I'm here, kind of talk about the expansion, the history a little bit, just so it's, I'm not just another gym. I'm a little more personal maybe, you know, cause I'm never going to have as much as the huge gyms. It's just impossible. So I, I try to get them in here and like build the rapport a little bit, and like a more personal relationship level. Like, Hey, I I'll take care of you. Like you're not just a number. Like if you have some goals, I want to help you kind of do that. Um, so yeah, I don't talk about the training and the group stuff until we've sat down at the desk and we're going over pricing and there's different packages. And then mm-hmm. like they get like a free session with a trainer, or, like a console. So then I'll kind of throw that in there and then I'll give them. How successful has that been in terms of actually getting people into training? Um, it's pretty successful. I have all the trainers just reach out. Um, I, there's a couple trainers where if I sign someone, we'll have them new. I'll just let them know. be like, Hey, Brian's going to be reaching out to you about training just to introduce himself in case like you have training needs now in the future, if a family member or a friend mentions it, just so yeah. they kind of, it's, it's kind of like a birdie in their ear. So they know, cause yeah. what I've found, don't over, know. some people still will right. go to a gym for a long and time. Well, and, never even... and what I've found over the years is snaps, not really known for training. 
Like, I think it's getting more that way, but I have a lot of people say like, oh, and you know, unless they're here every day, cause the trainers are always here, you know, so they're going to see the trainers around. But if it's like someone new, I'm talking to like, oh, I didn't know snap offered that. or yeah. Maybe is that a focus for you guys coming into 2023 is to, to push that a little bit more? Yeah. So my, my biggest focus is because I've grown the membership base so much in the last four or so months, just with the expansion that my biggest goal now is taking the existing membership and kind of getting them into like converting them into more training and group stuff. Like that's kind of my biggest marketing goal now for the new year. Um, so that's, and I, I like to think training's limitless to an extent you know, like if you have, if you have enough trainers and you have good trainers and you have the space to support two or three trainers, I really think like you can make as much as you want doing training. You know, yeah, this model is interesting because successful ones can make just as much, if not more, with a good personal training department <laughs> than the membership in general. Right. But if we can hit industry average somewhere around 10%. If we can hit that 15 or 20% of our membership in some sort of training program, we're going to be in a really good place. And suddenly we don't need two or 3000 members. We can serve a, a little bit smaller of a pocket and still make a really good living. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh -huh. And so forecast this thing forward. The timing of this is convenient. We're right here at the end of 2022, Nick. 2023 and beyond what are some some goals or, or what do you envision for the future of this club right um i would say the biggest thing is just grow like because the training does really well now like it, it is solid um i just want to focus on marketing the training better in the group because group classes kind of took a hit with covid right so it's like you did group stuff covid happened and people are still kind of trying to get back in the routine of like a group setting. I feel like even though it is almost 23, like, I feel like it's still out there a little bit where it still lingers. Sure. Not that people are uncomfortable with it, but it's just, they haven't done it for so long that you gotta get yeah, back. It sits in the back of your mind at least. Right. So that was, that's the biggest goal for the upcoming year is to just grow the training program, grow the group class program. Um, I mean, membership base is always a goal, obviously, is to grow that, but it's kind of secondary now to, for reasons like I mentioned earlier about trying to grow the training, so. Yeah, and a lot of the time, attempting to grow training will result in memberships anyway. Right, One, right. one problem solves the other. Cool, mm -hmm. and so one final question for you, and we'll start to wrap things up here, Nick. In your, in your pursuit of growing this gym, moving forward into the future what do you think could be some challenges or what do you perceive as as potential hurdles for this business right um the biggest hurdle i feel like is after my recent ex and i know this is a probably a rare problem but after the recent expansion like i don't have any more room to expand like i maxed out the <laughs> physical limitations physical limitations a little bit um and I don't want to move because I love the location. The parking's awesome. Um, it's just that trying to figure out, because, you know, it was always like, I always knew the expansion into the whole building was in the future. Mm -hmm. So now that that's done, it's kind of like, okay, 
now like what's the what's the next thing physically equipment wise i can focus on next so i think that could be one limitation um trying to figure that out and maneuver that around a little bit um the other thing is um maybe getting into another location Ooh, that's a fun conversation yes that's always i think as a gym owner you're kind of always thinking about that maybe a little bit yeah because um, you know recently wasn't the best time to get into the fitness industry if you weren't already fit, you know so that's something that um is also on, you know, on my mind for the new year is potentially getting another location around the suburbs somewhere. Um, just kind of branching out that way. So not a conversation we have time for today, but certainly a fun one because there are no shortages of upside and no shortages of potential downside to going to locations as well. So we'll have to save that conversation for another day. Nick, this has been fun, man. Before we get out of here, uh, I want to save at least a handful of minutes for you to tell people where they can learn more about your club specifically. Is there a, a website that goes to you guys direct? Absolutely. Yeah. If you just Google uh, Snap Fitness Edina, so E-D-I-N-A, it'll take you to the Google page. Um, you'll be able to see all the pictures. Uh, there's a link on the website there. Um, so, yeah, if you're ever in the Minnesota area, Edina area, I'm easy to find. Come check me out. And, and leave uh, a Google review. And leave a Google review. Five stars, preferably. Five star preferably. review. Yeah. Nick, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited to see what the future holds. It sounds like you still have a bunch of cards up your sleeve yet to be played. So yeah. I can't thank you enough for, for coming on, and I wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Same to you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description to fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Ross Anderson, owner of Legion Training Camp. Welcome to the show, Ross. How are you today? Thanks for having me. Uh, Doing really well. Awesome. Super excited to have you on here. Um, Before we jump into the business and how you run it, first tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Well, um, as we were talking about, like, kind of off-air, 
I, I started, um, I started working out when I was in high school. I was a, um, a football athlete, um, learned Olympic weightlifting through there. And ever since then, I just knew I just wanted to open up a gym. Um, I wasn't really uh, happy with the local Globo gyms or CrossFit gyms or powerlifting gyms. Um, I had a different, um, I had a different goal in mind, but, uh, with that, I just needed to, uh, I needed to create a secure, um, what do you call that? Now I'm fumbling. <laughs> um, I needed to create a, uh, a backing for myself. I wasn't that ballsy to go all in on a, on a business. So, um, uh, I went off to pharmacy school, and then after pharmacy school, um, saved up my money a little bit, opened up my gym, and that's where I'm at now. Awesome. And so you still do pharmacy as well. So you have the gym and you're still in pharmacy, is that correct? Yes, yes. I've been a pharmacist for 11 years, um, and it's a, it's a great career. Um, not as fun as owning a gym, but yeah. it pays the bills. Awesome. Yeah, definitely a unique situation, um, but that's a good thing because a lot of our gym owners that I talk to are looking for a way to have the gym kind of run itself. Um, and you're kind of in that position now where you're able to have, you know, a job outside of the gym, um, and the gym is still running and thriving. So I definitely want to get into that on the podcast. because that is a unique um, situation that you're in. Um, but first tell me about Legion training camp. So how do you describe it to someone who's never been in before? I know it's a bit of a unique facility. It is, it is. So that's really hard. The, The best way I can describe it is like a private club. Um, so like a men's club, but we also have women here (laughs) and, uh, you know, the elderly and children and everyone, everyone's invited. Um, but our gym is very unique. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, it's key card access. Uh, we do have two managers on site. Um, but other than that, our members have free reign at the gym. It's an open gym concept. We do have personal trainers available. Um, they are contracted. They're not our employees. And, um, uh, we have free craft beer on site. We have a barber shop on site. Um, we stream every pay-per-view event requested by the members. So it's just a nice hangout. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, that sounds like the most fun gym. <laughs> like I want to go. It's a lot of fun. Okay, sweet. So do you have like people that come in and just take advantage of you know the barber shop and the beer side of it, and then some days they go to the gym? Like how does that work? Like what do you typically see a member do? So the craft beer is kind of my thing. <laughs> it hasn't really caught on to many of the members. Some people enjoy it. Um, so we, we, the barbershop is open to the public. Um, we have two female barbers and one of them is my wife and the other one um, is a friend of ours. They do an amazing jobs. So they do have clients that come in and uh, they don't attend the gym at all. And they're not members of the actual gym. So the barbershop is ran somewhat separately from the gym, but the finances are all kind of tied in. Um, yeah and then as for the craft beer I mean if there's a pay-per-view event we'll we'll all show up for say Conor McGregor or whatever and we'll watch the fight and then maybe have a beer and then that's kind of the extent of that so it's more of just like a passion project that you wanted to add to the gym kind of kind of that's awesome that's really cool um so how many members do you have on the gym side of things you know I haven't looked recently but uh, it's probably slightly over 300, maybe around 320. Okay, sweet. So what's your goal there with, as far as member base goes? Is that somewhere like you're, you're happy with and comfortable? Or are you still looking to, to grow the members at the gym? Um, 
we we still have room for growth right now at our current facility. It's 4,000 square feet on the inside and roughly about 3,000 square feet on the outside. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, 350 members don't all show up at once. Right. But um, and since we're 24 hours, it really allows for people to be here all times a day. So we have a little bit of room to grow. Um, during COVID, I applied for a uh, essential business waiver, I guess, and they, they, they actually accepted it. So we stayed open during COVID. And since we are one of the very few gyms to legally stay open, uh, we got overrun and it got packed. So uh, I felt what it was like to have like too many people in one place. And I really don't like that. So if we ever get to that point, I would definitely either increase the membership price to kind of deter people from joining or um, just open up another gym. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a good problem to have. You know what it's like to be too busy, but what do you do to get people in the door? How have you grown um, to the 300, 320 members that you're at now? Yeah, so initially it was just word of mouth. Um, that was the easiest way for me. I do not like social media. It's not for me. Um, I tried, me and my manager tried for so many years to post stuff. And then every day we're just trying to rack our brains about what should we take a picture of and throw up on the internet. Um, and then we just came across this, um, another gym member who we just recently made assistant manager. And now he runs all of that social media for us. And ever since he's joined the team, our growth has been exponential. Awesome. And what is he doing to help with growth? Is he doing like social media advertising or just organically posting or? He's not, it's more organically posting, um, playing around with the algorithm, um, a lot of reels. Um, we did early on hire a advertising company and they did do um, like paid advertising uh, on like Instagram, Facebook. And we saw, I mean, I think in one day I may have had 75 phone calls. It was just, my phone didn't stop ringing but maybe five people showed up to the door. So that really wasn't too successful. It just made me more busy. <laughs> I didn't like, really like that. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm curious. Why do you think you were getting calls, but not having people actually come through the door? Was it like the quality of leads or they didn't really know what they were calling for? Or what do you think happened there? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think, I think making the phone calls the first step and then people were kind of scared after that. You know, or they find out a little bit more about us and we're a little intimidating. We can be. I mean, our, our gym logo is a skull. <laughs> um, there is a lot of men here. We do have a fair amount of women, but just like in any gym. Um, so it can be a little intimidating. So that, that can be a deterrent that we've, we've seen. But once people get in the door, they see that we have all walks of life. I mean, from 12-year-olds to probably... 65 year olds in here um, and not necessarily with trainers they're in here just on their own doing their own thing just because they like the vibe totally yeah so what's the sales process then so let's say you know you get a few calls people decide to show up what's the process then you know do they have like a free trial class do you just walk them around and then ask what membership they want how does that yeah, work? we are um, very adamant and not allowing guest passes or day passes uh, we don't like doing that um, I've been to gyms where there's been a lot of guests and they just disrespect the equipment, disrespect members, don't follow the rules. And it's, it's just not something I want to entertain for an extra 10, $15 for a day pass. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, so what we do is we set up an appointment. They show up at the door. We answer the door because obviously they don't have a key card. We give them a walkthrough. 
um, answer any questions they may have. And if they want to get a workout during that time, they're free to do so. And then we talk to them after. And if they want to join, great. If not, that's fine too. Do you have anyone with like a sales background or sales training that does like the phone call answering or the membership selling, or is it like trainers and kind of front desk people that do that? Uh, yeah. So the only, the only thing I actually do in this gym now is answer the phone and, and schedule appointments. Um, besides like financing and bookkeeping, those are like the only two things I do. Um, so no, we don't have any salespeople answer the phone. Just myself. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, um, what are you doing now as far as advertising goes? You said you did the social media route a little bit, but now are you paying for advertising at all or is it all organic and word of mouth? Uh, organic and word of mouth. Yeah. I just had a really bad experience with that advertising company. You get kind of sucked into a contract. And um, we, like I said, I saw a lot of leads at the beginning. It didn't really pan out. And then all of a sudden after probably that weekend, like the phone call stopped. So I'm not sure what they were doing on their end, like differently, but something, something was different. So we were not, we were definitely not getting our money's worth. Yeah, that's, I've been yeah. burned by ad campaign companies before where it also we've had it where it looked like we were getting a ton of leads and they were all fake phone numbers. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot that can go wrong with when you go that route. Um, but there is like good merit in, you know, those Facebook ads targeting people in the community. Um, it can be great when done right, but that's a big chunk of time taken to learn, you know, marketing when, you know, you have a background in pharmacy and now you own a gym, like you don't have time to be a marketing expert too. So if, if anything, I would have my assistant manager, the one that's involved in the Instagram and stuff like that. I would have him uh, invest his time in doing that. Uh, we, he is looking into uh, MailChimp and email campaigns. Mm -hmm. We are also talking with our, our tech support with um, creating SMS messaging. Just recently, um, a car hit a power pole right outside of our building. And of course, that locks the door. So we, we had no access to the door and I wasn't around to come and open it. So we, we, need, we needed some form of messaging that out. So it was very unfortunate. We had members showing up. They couldn't get in. Of course, it's not our fault, but still, we should have had that in place. Um, so that's something we're working on. So with SMS uh, messaging, uh, MailChimp, Chimp, email campaigns, I think we should see a lot more leads with that as well. Yeah, definitely. I think automation is crucial, especially when you have so many members. And it's as one person, it's hard to answer the phone for 75 calls a day and then follow up with text messages. I remember when I was yeah. a manager, everyone had my cell phone number and we're calling to reschedule classes at 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, definitely automation is the way to go if you can and find a good one. But yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so now once somebody is a member, um, sales process is com is complete. How do you keep someone long term? What are your like retention strategies? Oh man. Um, well, we we reinvest every dime in the company, um, and I think they're they're always getting new equipment almost every month. Um, so they see where their money's going. They see the value in the in the gym. They love the, the people they're surrounded by. They're not, again, they're not guest pass people. They're not day pass people. You know, they're, they're the same people they've seen for years and years. Um, and so a community is grown. Um, and I know a lot of gyms say that. And that's, that's, that's right. A lot of gyms, that's what you need is somewhat of a community. But at the same time, Globo gyms work as well. And there's like no community there. Um, but uh, yeah, so retention, I would say, is the reinvesting um, and 
people just like it here. I don't know. I, with the amount of people that leave, their excuse is usually we're moving out of town. I got a new job somewhere else, or I moved to the other side of town. So commute is a little difficult, which I understand we are kind of on one side of, uh, we're in Clovis, which is like one side of Fresno County. Um, so those are usually the people that leave us. We hardly get members leaving us for other gyms. And if they do, they usually come back. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. And I feel like you're super yeah. unique. Like there's probably nothing like this that I've heard of. So I'm sure in your area, there's absolutely nothing like this either. So I think that's we, a good Yeah, we are getting a lot of copycats um, yeah. that are copying certain thing, aspects of our gym. We were the only key swipe access gym here in Fresno County. And now it's almost every gym has it. Um, whether or not they're, they're doing it correctly is, is one thing. I mean, we do everything by the book. Uh, we are 100% ADA compliant. Um, our our insurance, every requirement from our insurance company, we follow it to a T. Um, and that includes having tailgating bars at the front door, which I well know no gym in this county has. And what that does is it counts how many people walk in on one key swipe. So mm -hmm. um, if I wake up in the morning and I look at my phone, and I have an alert that happened at two o'clock in the morning, I can review the camera and see what happened. Why did two people come in? Was it a gym bag that accidentally got scanned? So that happens sometimes. Um, but other than that, yeah. That's good that you're keeping it safe too. I feel like a lot of 24 seven gyms, it can get a little sketchy, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with that, I mean, our insurance company, they're really good at telling us what we need to do. It was very hard to find an insurance company that would insure a gym 24 hours a day without an employee 24 hours a day. Um, so we do have a buddy system uh, and Sometimes it's not followed, uh, but every once in a while we do audit our cameras to see if people are in here alone. And if they are, hey, try to come in with somebody, you know, it's part of our rules. We do have um, a uh, defibrillator uh, on site, which our trainers are uh, know how to use as well as our uh, managers. And we do have emergency buttons uh, scattered across all the walls. So if something were to happen, a fire or someone broke in, there's buttons everywhere that all the our members have, would have to do is press and the police will be here in no time. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's super important. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so tell me about like goals going forward now. Sounds like you have a healthy member base, um, super diverse services. So what's next for next for the gym? So what's next for the gym is probably, I leave it up to the members, honestly, what they want to do. Um, and right now there's, about two different things. And one is building a second building on our property that we're at right now. And that's something I, I probably should have talked about earlier is the ownership of the building that you're, that you're running the gym out of is very important. Um, kind of like McDonald's, like we discussed earlier. Um, and the other thing is creating a lounge, uh, juice bar, coffee shop type thing. Um, we have room for that. So it's whatever the members feel we need. If they need more room to lift and do their workouts, then we're going to build the second building. If they're okay with where we're at right now, then I am going to build the lounge because it'd be really nice to have. Um, or a showers, saunas, ice baths, whatever these members tell me to do, I'm just going to do it. You know, it's not, this is not what I use to put uh, food on the table or a roof over my head. I want this to be very uh, affordable and I want the members to know where their money's going and what they're getting for it. Um, too many gyms are out here charging 200 bucks a month in Fresno County, and that's ridiculous. We're not in, we're not in San Diego. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing that. Um, 
yeah but then yeah going back to owning owning the actual building i think too many too many gym owners go into it with no backing such as like i have pharmacy as my backing i don't know many successful businessmen that weren't working while they were creating their business and i feel like too many gym owners do that they just go all in here's 50,000 to 100,000 they create their studio or their you know their their warehouse gym they go get a lease from a landlord and the lease doesn't work out and that's what we experienced as well when we first started we got a lease and we quickly grew which was very unexpected we didn't have air conditioning we didn't have heating it, i just didn't even think it was going to work out <laughs> but um thankfully it did and we kind of overran the parking in our little area and really you know pissed everyone off in there so luckily for us that allowed us to break our lease and that's when we had this opportunity of purchasing this building because i was just tired of having a landlord you can't you can't really get anything done so and any any modifications you do such as the barbershop i'm sitting in right now if we were ever to leave this it would be the landlord's barbershop i can't take it with me you know so every investment i put into it it's it's just going to the landlord not myself so it's not really too smart um it, it, and, and not everyone's going to have the ability to do that but i really do think that it's smart to have an income elsewhere because the first five years of your business maybe even the first three are very crucial you should be reinvesting every dime that you make in that company and it's very hard if that's what you're using to put food on your table yeah definitely i heard from someone once like make your you know what you want to do make it a side hustle until it can become your full-time thing don't just yeah. you know that's with no financial backing just jump into something take out a bunch of debt that makes me really nervous just talking about it <laughs> Like, I don't know how people do that, but, um, so going back to like how you, you know, go to your gym members, um, to decide what to do next, how do you get feedback from them? How do you pull your, your members? <laughs> so at the old gym, uh, the building that we leased, we actually had a whiteboard on the wall and we would just write up like items one through 10. And this was back when we didn't have as much equipment as we do now. So that board was filled with just equipment, uh, except for like a air conditioning was put up there. So I did invest, I, and that, that's, that's another thing with that building, because it was a warehouse, I had to rezone it. And that's some things that a lot of gym members don't understand is if you're going to go into a, um, a retail place, you're going to pay a lot more money versus going into a warehouse, you could pay a lot less, but then you have to go through the city to make it ADA compliant. And all of that compliance is putting in handicap parking, making sure there's a ramp you know, is your, is your bathroom ADA compliant? And it's such a waste of money and it goes all to the property owner. Um, but anyway, where, where were we at? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was asking how um, you pull your gym members. How do you know, you know, what oh, they, right. what they want? Whiteboard. That's right. Yeah. So we had the whiteboard and that got a little excessive because the members would write up like some random stuff. And um, sometimes it was a little crude because we have all walks of life in here, little kids. And so I took down the whiteboard. I was like, this isn't working. Um, so then we went to kind of like email campaign and shooting out emails and, you know, asking for feedback, putting a poll in the email. That really, that really was the best route to do. Cause then we decide what's on the poll and uh, just from hearing what the gym, the gym members are requesting. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then the other one, we, we tried to do this and it was holding quarterly meetings um and all the members can show up and we would have you know all these these items we we wanted wanted to discuss and go over listen to any complaints they may have um and it worked out 
for a little while until there was a little hostility between members and they used that as an open forum. And so I had to kind of shut that down. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> so so now what do you do? You just kind of like walk around and like, hey, what would you guys like to see? Like, Well, so now it's like I said, we, we're, we have pretty much every piece of equipment that we need um, in this gym. There's a few things that we can get, but we are seriously running out of space. And the more, the more equipment I put, I do have space, but then I'm going to get, I'm going to remove all the crossfitters out of my gym, mm. uh, which we don't have that many, but still I want them to, you know, this is their gym as well. So I need to keep an open area for them, but we've got, I mean, our, we started off as primarily a CrossFit gym, um, not intentionally. I wanted it to be an open gym for everyone because I, I load my fair share of going to the free weight section at my local, you know, Globo gym. And then at the same time, I like doing functional fitness at the same time. So I, I wanted a gym for everybody and uh, I want to keep it that way. And right now we're, we are very powerlifting heavy. Um, mm. You know, my, my managers are, are all USAPL uh, coaches now, so we can run our own events. Um, but yeah, so going back to your question, now since we have all the equipment, I can kind of see what we need. And the biggest thing that these guys are asking for now is that that juice bar or just more space. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a good goal to have is to start expanding. And then you can probably have room for even more members, right? If you had an extra 3,000 square feet outside of your current space, is that correct? Yeah, we couldn't use the entire thing. We have to remain 10 feet off the main building. If you build it too close, uh, this is the issue we have. It, we, can ex we have so much room to expand on our building. Um, but the city will require us to put about $75,000 worth of fire sprinklers in the gym. So we are at max capacity prior to getting fire sprinklers. So any attachment to the gym, whether it's an awning or whatnot, that increases your square footage one foot beyond 4,000. The fire department's going to be in here and said, hey, you need to put fire sprinklers. And that's just, that's not going to happen. That's way too expensive. <laughs> so you're looking at probably, we're looking at like a, 80 foot by 20 foot area that we would build on. Um, and we would make that more of like a, I don't know, we could do anything we want. We can make a studio because we don't, we don't hold classes here. Our members are capped out at, or sorry, our trainers are capped out about three because any more than three, then they're just taking up too much space. Right. Um, so, but I would like to hold classes. You know, there's so many high fitness coaches that approach me, you know, for, for space. I just don't have. Uh, but it would be neat to have or maybe make a bodybuilding area because our gym does not have mirrors and that is that's been a staple of our gym um that's one of my pet peeves of globo gyms is when you go there you just have people standing in front of the mirrors the whole time you know and it's very annoying <laughs> and like sometimes i don't want to look at myself like can i have a break <laughs> well my thing is too you talk to anybody like what well, you don't have mirrors how do, how do i know like how can i see my form and i said well when an Olympic weightlifter goes to take a lift, is he looking in the mirror? No. I mean, you, you feel form. You don't, you don't see it, you know. Interesting. Well, yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of space to play with. Um, I'm excited to see what you do with the space. I mean, classes, you know, powerlifting, bodybuilding, there's so many opportunities there um, and a chance to be creative. So I think that's really cool. Um, but before we start to wrap things up, tell me a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's aspiring to be a gym owner maybe something that you could go back and tell yourself um, years ago before you opened, what would that be? 
Oh, I'm going to use your words, uh, side hustle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the perfect, perfect thing to say. Um, go out and get a good, a solid career. Um, that's making some decent money and save up so that you don't, so it's not such a scary decision to make because throwing down, I don't know, you could probably start a gym with 50 to a hundred, but throwing that money down knowing that you can, what well, you could fail, that's really scary. But if you have, if you have a backing and you're making income on, you know, from somewhere else, then that's great. Um, reinvest for the first three to five years. I, I'm still reinvesting in this gym and I've been open for seven or eight years now. Um, and I don't see any, any day that I'm going to stop, you know, I just want to see how big I can make it. And, uh, it, so if you have that ability to reinvest, you're, I'm not going to, I'm like, I can't just outright say you're going to be successful, but your odds are much higher. Yeah, totally. I agree. It's, you, there's like a, a line between there's never a perfect time and also don't take out so much debt that you're, you're never going to turn a profit from this. So I think there's definitely a balance there that you have to find as an entrepreneur. Right. You know, what's funny is that when, uh, when I first started, I had a gym in my backyard and about, we had about 20 people coming over at, you know, just to hang out and work out and 20 people using the same bathroom at, at our house. My wife wasn't having it. So I actually started my gym endeavor a little earlier than I wanted to because she started kicking everyone out. Didn't want, didn't, you know, it's just a mess. So I agreed with her. So um, we went out and leased our first property, but yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, um, Ross, I think this is a good place to start to wrap things up, but before we let you go, where can we find you? What's your social media? What's your website? All that uh, yeah, yeah, super simple. Social media at Legion Training Camp, website, legiontrainingcamp.com. Um, reach out to us if you're local. Um, if not, if you guys just want to come check out the gym or just pick my brain, feel free to reach out. The The number on the website goes directly to myself, so you, I'll be the one answering. Awesome. Thank you again, Ross, so much for your time today and your contribution to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, listeners, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.